Yo, what is up? And that's a typical Robert Sherman way <laughs> to start a podcast. Yo, what is up? Um, Yo. It's been like a year-ish since I've done one of these. Welcome back. This is still similarly different with Robert Sherman, uh, but instead it's now similarly different with Robert Sherman and Dylan Camway. Um, <laughs> I kind of like, I really enjoyed doing the uh the nine episodes or so that I did last year, I sat down with a bunch of people that I am friends with and really care about and got to pick their brain a little bit about how, how their life works and how they go about things. Um, I sat down with my girlfriend. We talked about her veganism cause I'm not vegan and how she views the world. And then, um, a favorite episode of mine was right after Mac Miller died. I had my friend Chase Newman out on the podcast giant Mac Miller fan and we just kind of sat here for like three hours and kind of talked about everything under the sun like Mac Miller addiction uh depression all that stuff that comes with something like that um and then life kind of took over and I couldn't find enough people to keep it rolling that way I'm not a famous celebrity um so getting guests is weird when nobody knows who they are uh, so I took a second to step back and kind of uh, reassess where my life was going and where I wanted this thing to go. And finally, um, I came about the conclusion that I really like the premise of the show. So the title of the show is similarly different. And that means that peop as people, as human beings, we all have similar viewpoints, beliefs, thoughts we go through life in a very similar way but that being said everybody is so vastly different and uh that's where dylan comes in because dylan and i we've been friends for almost 15 years now and we've known each other for a really long time we come from the same area we're both from metro detroit um brought up in kind of the same type of households and stuff like that. Um, she ended up moving out to Cleveland. I stayed here in Detroit because, you know, you can't move away and you can't never escape downriver. And, uh, unless you do. <laughs> unless you, yeah, unless you do and you're lucky and you get to get out of here and run away. But um, in that time, you know, I think it, we – since at least since high school, we've grown as individuals and we've kind of – made our own viewpoints of the world and we can kind of see them. And even though we've been raised in kind of the same environment, uh, you end up as very, very different individuals. So how this is going to happen moving forward is every single Thursday, at least we hope, uh, we will be releasing an episode of this podcast. Um, and for three of the four weeks of the month, they are going to have topics. Um, uh, the first week of the month is going to be like a themed episode. So we, we're going to be talking about stuff like uh, movies or I know uh, we're both big movie people, TV people, stuff like that. So like if award shows are happening, maybe that'll be a theme. Cool stuff like yeah. that. Um, so that'll so that'll be how this goes. And the topics, uh, they're going to try to be all over the place, really. Um, I like to talk about my issues. 
I think my issues and, and the problems that I deal with on a daily basis kind of make me who I am. And I think that's what makes people tick. Um, so I think we're going to try to not make it as deep and heavy as it probably can get. But, you know, these topics, just like life, they're not easy sometimes. And I kind of just want to give... And I'll do this before episodes because we do have topics like anxiety and depression that we're going to jump into. Not today, um, but I'll give like a trigger warning for some people because I know that some people can't listen to other people talk about their their problems like that. And that's okay. that's fine. Um, but today's topic, and I thought of it literally this morning and I have no shame in saying that, is uh, determining self-worth and how different people kind of view themselves in their own lives and how we got there. So I'm going to stop talking for like 30 seconds. And I think I'm going to let Dylan tell you about her <laughs> so that uh, it's not just me blabbing on and on. So if you just want to go ahead and in introduce yourself to the people in whatever way you'd like to, that'd be peachy. Yeah, cool. Um, so I'm Dylan, and I'm a girl, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, I ventured to Cleveland about six years ago, um, actually around this time, like it was in August, six years ago, and um, I went to art school and I studied animation and film, and now I'm just kind of bopping around, living that post-grad life, trying to like navigate like what fulfills me what I want to spend the rest of my time doing which also kind of leads into what we want to talk about today so absolutely and that is definitely true so you mentioned that you know you went to art school and you you finished right you finished I school. did yeah cool because not everyone does right, and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. and I know a lot of people that was a really sarcastic cool that wasn't supposed to sound like no, a dickhead no, no, no. <laughs> That was a uh, cool because a lot of us. Uh, I've been in college for eight years. I'm still in college. I'm doing adult college. Yeah. Um, it's great that you that you did that and stuff like that. And that does go into today's topic of determining self worth because I think for me, a lot of my problems in dealing with and I'll, I guess I should just say it up front. <laughs> my self worth is super super low. Mm -hmm. I I don't view myself as I, I view myself as a good like operating citizen of the world. Right, like right. I, I pay my, I pay my taxes. I work my job, you know, I don't break the law, but at the same time, we're kind of hit with these things as we're growing up. And, and it starts at a young age when we're like, you know, when your preschool or your kindergarten teacher comes to you and says, Hey, you can be whatever you want. Right. And then you have to pick it at that moment. And as a four-year-old, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I want to be a monster truck driver. And they're right. like, no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. But that kind of sentiment rang with me, at least, I mean, even up to right now, I'm 26 years old. So my dream in life, all I ever wanted to do ever since I was four years old and my dad showed me the movie Top Gun mm -hmm. was be an Air Force pilot or be an airplane pilot. I don't pilot. think That's, I ever knew that about you. I don't think I've ever told you that. Wow. No. So you're, you're learning some new information <laughs> yeah. here. So, so I was obsessed with airplanes mm -hmm. and I was obsessed with anything, like TV shows that showed airplanes. My dad would bring me to uh, 
flight shows. Mm-hmm. I forget what they're called. We haven't been to one in a really long time. I think they're just air uh, shows now. Air shows. Yeah. There it is. Air shows. And I was just marveled with airplanes. Wow. Yeah. But we got to school, mm-hmm. right? And you grow up, you grow up and, and you get to high school and they're like, no, you don't want to do that. You need to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. And you're there and you're sitting there as a 16, 17 year old. And you're like, how, how am I going to make a decision for the rest of my life right now? And it's the same thing I was thinking about back in kindergarten. This woman told me, you can be whatever you want to be. And I say, I want to be a monster truck driver. And she says, no. (laughs) And you're like, the fuck do you mean? You just told me. And and so I'm sitting there. There's criteria for this. All right. (laughs) Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I want to be an Air Force pilot. Mm -hmm. And they're like, and all the teachers uh, are like, no, you have to go to college. And I'm like, you just fucking told me. (laughs) What do you mean? So uh, I tried the college thing. And I had no fucking clue what I wanted to do when I went there. I wasted four years. I wasted $50,000 on some bullshit history degree because instead of saying, hey, pursue this thing, uh, what was your favorite class in high school? Pick that. Okay, that's your major. Boom, try it. And you're like, okay. And you're in this whirlwind of like, uh, you don't even Mm -hmm. know. And then you get to the point where you're like, well, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. I really don't want to do this shit anymore. So you drop out. And then you start thinking about your parents who are like, go get the degree. And the the teachers that had your back and the teachers that kind of were like lifting you up. Like, you're like, get that degree. And and now here I am at 26. And I'm like, I don't have a degree. Mm. So where do I fall in, in life? Do I fall in the... In the, do, do I fall at the bottom or am I in the middle? Am I just treading water? Uh, I have a decent job. I pay my bills. Like I said, I'm an operating mm-hmm. citizen of the United States of America, whatever the fuck right, that means. Yeah. Um, but do you, as somebody who, as somebody who has their degree and uh, you don't work in I your don't. degree field. And so it's even after, so it took me six years to even get my uh, BFA. And I, I honestly wish that I would have taken a gap year, like looking uh, like in retrospect, like, because I feel like, so my mom and my dad, they didn't go to college. They kept trying um, on and off for like years. Like my mom would take a few classes, but like would be bartending and their parents didn't go to college. So just in general, like it wasn't really a thing. And whenever, like, when I was younger, I knew that I needed to go to college. And, like, just, I didn't know what I needed to study, but I knew that I had to go just based on what my parents would say to me. And so, like, you know, right after high school, got into Adrian College, went there for a year and a half, realized I don't, like, none of these classes are speaking to me. I'm not interested or passionate about anything that I'm doing. And then I I took a really hard look at, what I wanted and my interests and I realized how much I loved like well I always knew but like really like considered like oh animation's a career like my favorite part of like most animated movies are like the behind the scenes features after and like seeing how they would actually make the thing and all of like the storyboards and all of that and it just never dawned on me that like oh they get paid to do that like this isn't like like that's an actual career path you know and like there's a lot of money to be made in it so 
I told my parents, like, I want to go to art school. And they were like, what the fuck? Like, no. And, but, you know, they eventually came around and were supportive. Um, My dad even said that if, you know, if he was able to get the classes that he wanted while he was in school, that, like, he probably would have taken a similar route and wanted to be an animator, too, Um, or work in animation. But, uh, yeah, so now, like... I guess it's like I look at my Adrian years as my gap year almost because that's like when I figured out. But it's like, wow, that was a really fucking expensive gap year. Like I could have just like stayed around and gone to like Henry Ford or like, you know, just I could have made a better decision, I think. But like, I don't know. My mom was kind of bummed. Like she really I think she was trying to kind of live through me and like have like a traditional college in a dorm room experience. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I. I ended up moving back for a semester, kind of started saving money because the school I ended up choosing, they didn't have like any kind of dorm situation really like for like you're just for freshmen. And I don't know, I had already done the dorm thing. So I was just like, nah, we're gonna, we're gonna move on out. So like I moved to a new city and started like adulting very quickly. Like, you know, I was working like as a manager <laughs> at a sandwich shop and also going to school full time. And it was like, life hit me pretty damn hard, but I came out on the other end of it. And I have to say, I still feel kind of like, I feel similarly to where you are, even after getting my degree. So it's, I wouldn't say the degree helps. (laughs) So I still feel just as behind. Um, You know, there are so many people that are in my industry, or even in like, you know, that are just now getting into my major, like all of like the underclassmen that are like leagues ahead of me. And like, you know, that just means that the department's getting better. So it's like, I can't, and I shouldn't compare, but it's like, I know that I, I need to be further along or I feel I need to be further along than what I am. And I think on a sense of like, at least for, for me is I have a sense of kind of like, I feel, I feel lied to mm-hmm. yeah. and I feel, I feel tricked yeah. and I don't, I don't like feeling lied to or tricked at all because they said, if you go to college, then right. you'll, you'd get ahead in life. And I went to college and I have 150 college credits. I have enough credits for two bachelor's degree and associate's degree. I don't feel ahead in life. Yeah. I feel very behind in life actually. And kind of like you in, in a way where like, um, you went to Adrian and you you were like this yeah. this is not it for me, and you were like I need to find what else is out there for me. I went to Oakland University for three four years, one of the two, and I was like you know what I'm still young enough. I'm just going to enlist, mm-hmm. and so I enlisted and oh, in the Air Force, and I, I literally didn't know this. Yeah, about you. and I took. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's one of my biggest, it's like one of my biggest failures, even though it wasn't my fault. Really? So yeah. So, and I hate talk. Well, I don't hate talking about it, but I just don't like publicly well, blast it out. Oh, we talking. Oh, we talking. <laughs> so I took the, um, the aptitude test for the mm-hmm. air force. And I think it's like, it's a very small percentage of people who can qualify to, f- to okay. operate aircraft in the air force. And I actually tested into that percentile. Um, I was locked <laughs> into that position. I know i Fuck, fuck all the teachers that told me I wouldn't amount to anything because they write. 
And <laughs> so I tested into it. Everything was great. I went and I did my physical and I thought everything was good. And we started setting up like the ship out date for the boot camp and everything. And my, my physical came back um, as not allowed to go. Um, Dude, that's heartbreaking. Which sure. sucked because it it was because like there's other criteria you need to hit to be a pilot in the air force you have to have perfect vision which is not a lot of people have that i have it's great Mm -hmm. you have to be under six foot which uh fuck all the girls who are like (laughs) i need a six foot and up man fuck you i'm trying to fly airplanes i qualify i'm five (laughs) five nine i qualify for the for that so they can fuck off um Everything, everything was falling in my favor, and and I'm, as I'm sure we can get through at some point in this podcast, people will start to realize that not a lot of shit fell in my favor growing up. So, like, yeah. it felt like finally, like, yes, I'm fulfilling my dreams and everything will be fine. Came back, they found, like, a heart, like, a very small mm-hmm. heart defect that disqualifies you from even joining the military, let alone flying airplanes. Uh, so, I felt... Like I was at the, yeah. I felt like I was back at square one. Like I had went through square one, two, three, four, five, six, and now I'm back at square square one. And then I was working. I I quit my job, so then I had to do this, and then I had to find another mm-hmm. job. So I was working at a pizza place, and like I'm 23 years old, I'm working at a pizza place, and no college degree. Uh, luckily, I have I have like a home. I live in a house and, right, and stuff right. like that. So it's not like I was homeless or anything like that. Uh, but you start to feel really, really fucking down on yourself because not only do you set goals for yourself, but other people, I mean, when you set a goal, like when you say, I'm going to go be an Air Force pilot, people are like, oh shit, that's dope. And then you have to go back to these same people and be like, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to be that. I'm going to go deliver pizzas instead. Like, so in the terms of like the self-worth thing, like, I'm 26. This was around like 21, 22, four years ago. I think maybe like I knew I had a way right. out upwards to go, but I didn't think I was at like the bottom of my self-worth. Um, but that's, I mean, just the education side of, of someone's value in themselves is just one side of it. I mean, you have to feel valued in your relationships mm-hmm. and you have to feel valued in your friendships and your family has to make you val- feel you valued. And you just ultimately really at the end of the day have to be valued in yourself. And for me around that time, like around that, the time where I got denied going to the air force, uh, I was like, I was physically right. fit cause I was getting ready to go to the air force, but I have always struggled with body image issues. Uh, and I think, I mean, I, especially in this day and age and this generation of people, I think that is the one thing that outweighs everything for everybody is how you view yourself physically, not even just, but it should, I mean, it should be emotionally. It should be mentally. You should focus on the fact if you're not happy, you should fix it in your head, but we don't do that. We first, we looked at our physical appearance. I've struggled with weight my whole life. I've been up at 250. I've been down to 160. Yeah. I've been everywhere in between. And I struggle I struggle with body dysmorphia and Same, same, same. That was a fun realization. That wasn't something that I even knew about myself until like 2 years ago. And it's like, oh shit, like 
I just, I remember looking at like some old pictures I was tagged in from high school and I can remember how I felt then just that like I felt enormous when in reality it's like, oh my God, you were perfect. Like, why were you stressing so much? Like I, oof. and like now, like I, I rem- my parents would like make comments like, you know, you're letting yourself go or whatever, but it's like, I felt the same. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm sorry that I feel okay not styling my hair every day or wearing makeup every day anymore like I do that all when I want to and apparently that means I'm letting myself go um when it's just like no I've this is probably the most confident I've been and that's a shame that you can't see that because I used to hide behind all those things you know and I was absolutely miserable and yeah body dysmorphia is real man and I don't really know where that comes from Mm -hmm. and I can tell you I can tell you where it comes from with me because uh like when I, growing up, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was a three-sport athlete. I was, I mean, I, I could say that all the way through high school, I was probably overweight a majority of the time. Uh, but I still mm-hmm. played baseball, I played I played soccer, and I played hockey. I never cared about it, never even thought about it. Like, <laughs> girls were interested in me, fantastic. Doesn't uh, My physical appearance never mattered. Uh, and I don't give, like, I, I usually won't call people out on yeah. this. And I won't say them by name, but I had a former best friend who is no longer a best friend. Uh, he's actually getting married next month. Congratulations to him. But also, like, fuck you, too. <laughs> but um, I got no problem saying that. Um, he knows how I feel and I know how he feels. But uh, I should have known in yeah. the moment, in this moment that I'm going to be talking about in a second that this person probably really wasn't uh, a good friend. Um and really wasn't meant to be in your in my life for a long time. Uh, he's also a, a former roommate. So if there's people that know me in my life and that are listening to this, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, again, congratulations on your wedding. But um, so senior year of high school, mm-hmm. I had not made the high school hockey team. And all my friends did, um, which is fine. That's great. And, but we're sitting in yeah, yeah. a friend's basement and we're all roasting each other just like guys do. This is before I was funny. So Stop. <laughs> I wasn't able to <laughs> so I wasn't able to roast the way I would now. Mm-hmm. But uh this this individual was super um and I still think to this day insecure in himself. Uh and once you call out something that bothers him about himself, um you know, he, he goes south on you and uh, he tries to hurt your feelings. So I said something, just a joke. It's funny. And I remember him saying, uh, yeah, well, that doesn't matter because you have the biggest love handles I've ever seen. And I, I had to look up what a love handle was. I, I didn't even know. And then I realized like, okay, you're not wrong. I was, I mean, I was overweight, but I had never thought about it. And yeah. they we're talking 17. So I'm, oh, I've turned 27 in February. I have had a problem with that part of my body ever since uh, you said that. Ever since that day, mm-hmm. and I've never forgiven him for that. Yeah. I've never, I will never forget him saying that yeah. because that is the day that kicked off my body dysmorphia and has sent me on a on a on a roller coaster with my physical health. Um, right now, even right now, I'm probably the smallest I've ever been. And I weight lift six days a week. And I'm probably, I have, I, I sound like a total fucking Brad Chad douchebag here. It's fine. <laughs> I have, I, I'm muscular and everything. And we get it. You're buff. <laughs> I'm huge. I'm fucking beefy, dude. Um, 
not enough beef this side of the United States to cover me. But are you the cause of all the deforestation, all this beef? Yeah, they're burning all of the Amazon down because just to fuel my protein that I need daily <laughs> to 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 keep this muscle. But that being that being said, uh, as good as I look now, or as I perceive myself to look now, mm-hmm. I can't escape the problem area. Right. Um, like that still is just like amplified for you. That's where your eyes look every in single every time, and yeah. And you can't no, escape it. it. You can't outrun it. Um, I really don't think you can, because what are you? What are you going to do? I I eat clean mm-hmm. six days a week. I do cardio every single mm-hmm. day. I weight lift. I do everything. I'm probably the healthiest person out of, in my in my friends group. It's just something that you're not going to deal with. And then you have that in the back of your head. Someone that supposedly was supposed to ca- like be caring about you. Yeah. Drop that on you in front of a group of people like fuck you dude you're like and, and that's and that speaks to his problem with his own self-worth mm-hmm. because who knows what he's going through yeah. and who knows at that moment the his value that he saw in himself yeah for sure and and that's the thing too that's been the hardest thing for me to learn like through all of like my self-reflection and stuff that it's like anyone that hurt me it was not at me it was something else that they were dealing with you know like it it was never because they like really wanted to seek out to hurt me or like you know like traumatize me or whatever it was it was all shit that they were going through that they just didn't know like not that that's okay but it's just like i i know not to take it as personally anymore i think as i think as you grow older and as as we get as we become adults yeah uh, if you think in the scheme of things like I'm 26. I don't know if you're 26 yet. I am 26. Yeah. So, so if you truly, if you think about it, that's maybe one third of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, 26 feels like an adult, but it's really not. We're still kids, kind of. I know. I, I'm so back and forth of like, am I young? Am I old? I'm told I'm both by whoever. It depends who I talk to. Like they're like, you're an adult now. You got to do this. Or do you have kids yet? And it's like, no, yeah. I have a roommate and a cat. <laughs> but like. Or, or they're like, you have so much time, you're still so young. And it's like, but why do I feel so behind? Why do I feel like I can't get out of this hole I dug myself out of? I don't know. At least for me, and this this ties into my own self-worth too, because I, I see myself a lot more um, on the adult side of it as I am mm-hmm. the kid side of it. It might be the gray hair that's overtaking my head, um, <laughs> or it might just be life situations and whatnot. But I find myself tr- like really, really having to remind myself that I'm, I'm not an adult. Like right. um, my mom, and I think maybe it was the same with you. I can't really remember. My mom had me super young. So by the time she no. was my age, I was already, I was six when my mom was my age now. So my wow. mom was, I, I believe that's the math. Not great at math. Remember that I don't have a degree. So, um, <laughs> I but, got an art degree, so I'm also not good at math. This is not a math podcast. So <laughs> yeah. y'all bring your calculators if you're going <laughs> to listen, cause we're not going to do it. If you want algebra, you're in the wrong fucking place. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't fucking listen. Don't even or talk do. to us about shapes, know. bro. Yeah. No fucking shapes on this podcast. <laughs> but, um, I, I distinctly remember my mom's 35th birthday mm-hmm. and that's nine years away from me now that's wild because my mom was my mom had lots of miscarriages before she had me it was told she could not have kids and then had me um and she was 37 so yeah um 
and I, my dad, I think was early forties or something. And like, even now looking at kind of like the very loose timeline of my life, that's kind of the trajectory I'm looking for. Like, I don't even want to think about marriage until like early thirties or even mid thirties. And then like a family, like maybe even like mid forties. So I don't know. Yeah. That I didn't know that about your mom. That's wild. Yeah, my parents were super, super young when they had me. I know your conception um, story, but I didn't know <laughs> the age. That we're not going to tell that one because that's that's being worked at, into a bit, a comedy yeah, bit. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leak it. Um, but, but I love my conception story. It's yeah. one of my favorite it's my favorite stories. Story. <laughs> my childhood has some great stories that I'm working into some comedy bits because I am gonna try. Uh, I'm gonna try to do some open mics. As a stand-up, attempt to be a stand-up comedian. Um, We'll see how that works out. But um, I think, in the terms of like how how young my parents were, my mom was already an established nurse Mm. when when uh, I was growing up. Mm -hmm. So I saw her in the prime of her career. She still is in the prime of her career, but in that part of it, my dad had a very comfortable job. You know, he was supporting himself too at a relatively young age. And I, mm. I got to see that as, as a cognitive young person. Um, and I kind of look back and I've, I've even said to my mom, like a few times, like, man, how did you, how did you do it at this age? Like, yeah. how did you support a family? Because I know with my money, at least I'm super stringent about it. I don't like spending it. And my parents pretty much, they had to have been putting all their money towards me. Right. And, um, that makes, that makes me feel like what a, if, if that's possible for a lot of people, because even my, my cousin, his mom was even younger and like, it's, po- it's possible. If that's what makes you an adult and I'm 26 years old and I'm not an adult at all, like at what point do you have to cross over into adulthood? And it's hard, it's hard because for a lot of people, like, um, like my parents, at least mm. that shit got sprung on them. Like, pretty much out of nowhere right they said you know like i'm sure the dream is like let's have some kids at like 30 let's you know let's establish ourselves in our career at least that's how me and my girlfriend see it mm-hmm. and that's how uh, i feel too i popped up i was like what up bitches let me throw a wrench <laughs> into your plans and they were like oh shit we have to be adults now yeah and um if i had to do that right now i don't know yeah, I don't know right. how that. I don't know how I'd respond because I don't even. I don't view myself as an adult. I don't view myself as a as a responsible human being. Um, I don't, but I don't trust myself enough to be able to do that. But I think it's and, responsible of you to recognize that in yourself. You know, like you're not like <clears throat> you're not trying to like paint this image of yourself of like, like you know, like yes, I am ready for a family, or because I feel like I need to at this age. You know, like you're able to like. You're like no, not not yet. Maybe not ever. But right, maybe not ever. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure my girlfriend would not be happy with that. We actually named our kid today. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. Congrats. I don't know why we don't have a kid. She's not pregnant. Yeah. Uh, Why would we name our kid? It's a fantastic <laughs> name. We've been talking about it for like what three name? weeks. Uh, Tanner Robert Sherman. That's a very I wanted, nice name. I wanted t- I wanted Tanner Lewis. That's a good name too. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't oh, know why. Yeah. I, I was like, I was like, can we stop talking about this? This is making me uncomfortable. And Where she did said, that come from? Just the name. Just like, hey, babe, let's name our child Tanner. 
we were at like a family party and she was like, what would we name our kids? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, why the fuck yeah, is this a spot kids. to do that? I was like, are you pregnant? She was like, no, I just want to know what we would name it. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, we kept the shelter name for the dog we adopted. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But we, we agreed on either Tanner Robert or Tanner Lewis. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the fuck we did that, but we did it. Okay. We're still arguing about the girl's name. Okay. No. Well, cause I know that you and I have talked about this before that we really love the name Talia. Talia, Talia. I do love the Talia. Yeah, but, I do love Talia. But I don't think Marissa would go for Talia. She wants to name the girl Elise. And I was I like, my name. fucking da- Why? My daughter is not an 80-year-old woman. Well, I like Elise, Elise. I like Elise better, but like... I don't like it. I don't I, like it. I don't know what I would like Talia, as a girl, Elise but I told Shannon, her... I think that you're onto something there. She said, she said, you got to pick the boy name. I'm picking the girl name. And I said, I'm not calling her that name. And she said, What are you gonna <laughs> I call her? And I said middle name that you'll like I'm gonna just call her I'm just gonna call her girl. girl. I'm gonna say girl, go <laughs> do the thing. She she's gonna be the black sheep of the family. Oh, no. She's gonna have tons of childhood trauma. It's gonna no, be no, all no, my please, fault. No. <laughs> and <laughs> and she's gonna grow up uh fucked up like me. It's gonna be great. What do you think of the and, name Ren? W E N like a Ren. chicken? No, Ren? It, it is a like type Ren of bird. and Stimpy? No, that's R E Throwback to the nineties? Oh wait, what was it? W- what was it? It's it's pronounced the same, but it's W R E N. It is a kind of bird, like Ren Stevens from Even Stevens. She was you named after about? a bird. Yeah, I love that name personally. For like, God, her self worth must have been terrible. Gender, so <laughs> her self worth must have been through it's the a cute name. bottom. Okay, I'm gonna name my son Rooster. Yeah. Rooster or penguin or some bullshit <laughs> like that. Tanner Rooster um, Sherman. <laughs> yeah, just after all but, these different birds. <laughs> cockatoo. Ostrich, kiwi. Cockatoo, get me some water. <laughs> like what? Macaw. <laughs> Macaw. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, a lot of it, I, I think it's clear once Jesus. Once you. <laughs> I think uh, I think <laughs> I think um, once you start to realize that a lot of the w- the way that your brain ticks comes from the way that you were raised and the yeah, way that you were it's literally all about that literally everything you are um, and I think we're gonna do an, an episode on nurture versus nature yeah human being version and I don't so we're not gonna get too deep into it right here but I really I think that your situation really does kind of sprout you to be who you are and what you are. And uh, like I like I already said, my parents were super young when they had me, so they were always working. I, I think I remember my mom always working. Um, my dad wasn't necessarily around as much. Yeah. Um, so I didn't – as much as my mom tried and my dad tried to, to give you – give me that like – I don't, is it positive reinforcement? Yeah, I don't even know like what it is. Any kind of reinforcement. There it is. Anything like that. Anything, whether it be positive, negative. Um, th- I know they they did their best. They tried their best. Um, but I I think a lot of a lot of my problems, at least, and I said we talked about it with my therapist, <laughs> is that comes from the you know the way I was raised and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and that even my self value, the way I view myself, comes from that as well because. Um, I remember distinctly as a child, like 
like I just wanted, like I just really wanted my dad to be proud of me in the sport that I played. He wanted me to play football. I played hockey instead, and mm-hmm. I think my dad, my dad, you know, shout out to him, rest in peace, big homie. Um, I think he only made made it to like I don't know 10, 12 hockey games in my entire lifetime. Mind you, I, I total played twenty something years yeah, of the sport. You played a lot. And my mom, my mom tried to make it to every game she possibly could until I got older and stuff like that. But I never got that. I never got that male like, "Hey, buddy." Mm-hmm. And if you can't see it, but I just fist bumped myself. So I was waiting for that fist bump from old yeah. man. And you, and even in baseball and stuff like that, I never really got it. Um, so in turn, I have always been super hard on myself. And I was hard hard on myself in hockey and I was hard on myself in baseball and I was hard on myself in school and I still do it today at work and I do it with, you know, I'm working on my physical appearance. I do it now that rings back to like the love handle problem. And I'm just, uh, I view myself so low. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't want to come off as sounding pathetic because um, I'm learning to love myself. Right, right. Um, but I view myself so low as a human being that it's hard to kind of um, fight back from that. Yeah. It's hard to unlearn all of that. Yes. And I've made a cognitive effort over the last, mm, since February ish to kind of turn those behaviors around yeah. and, and stop caring so much about what other people think. Like, now, if my ex friend, I almost said his name. Now, if my ex friend <laughs> would have would have been like, "Dude, your love handles are fucking huge," I'd have been like, "Yeah, well, I would have, you know, I would have roasted him back, right, right. and it wouldn't have fucking mattered." But at that time and place, it really fucking mattered. Um, you know, spiritually, I know a lot of people don't believe in in God and whatnot, and I and I thought I didn't for a really long time, but uh, I've been going to church and really? I've been. I have, yeah, and I have been talking to God, whatever that may be. If that's you screaming in the wind, or if that's just you talking in your own brain, mm-hmm. um, I found that to really help. And the one thing that I swear to God saved my life, um, as I started going to therapy, yeah, and I started talking to people about my problems. And when I say people, I mean one person. And um, I can't even explain, like how important that is mm-hmm. we work uh, plenty of people work out their bodies physically to 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 make them feel better and the best that they are and blah 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 and uh one thing that we do is we tend to um we tend to neglect our minds right. and that's the most important part of our bodies is our mind and uh, marissa what do you want <laughs> hi marissa we're about to get a. We're about to get a. Um, oh, a phone call. We are phoning a friend. Phone a friend. <laughs> our first guest. Well, I guess this is our f- sixth guest. Hi. Are you done? No, we're still in the middle of it. We're like forty minutes in. How much time do you have? Like twenty-ish minutes. Okay. Um, can you bring me the Impossible Whopper when you come over? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want it minus? You want it veganized? Yeah, with, with no mayo. Yeah, veganized. Yeah. All right. I'm keeping that in the podcast, by the way. Yeah, love you. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> I gotta bring her an impossible whopper. Um. Something about weight. 
Um, oh, therapy. Therapy. You're um, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ther- so therapy has saved saved yes. my life and brought me back from from the brink. And it, for a really long time, I know that a lot of people are very um, – what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, hesitant and, or um, resistant of going to therapy. I – yeah. Or, you know, something my dad said to me, we were talking about, like, you know, therapy or couples counseling or whatever. And he's just like, I don't need someone to, you know, tell me what's wrong with me. And it's like, that's not necessarily what it is. It's just like an open, neutral space for you to just talk and have somebody listen and, you know, maybe offer guidance or like kind of lead you to like, you know, what could be like triggering you I guess or causing those issues or you know just like kind of just offering a new perspective not necessarily there to like really be like this is what's wrong with you and that's why but exactly and at least my therapist is fantastic because she's we've dealt with some things and and like you you said something super super very important super very super very (laughs) greatly fucking awesome important that's how important this is you said they're not there to tell you what you think is wrong with you for the longest time i thought that my dad dying is what was wrong with me Mm -hmm. um we're gonna get into like drugs and alcohol and stuff like that and addiction and other podcasts um for the longest time and i'm not ashamed to say it i'm i'm i struggle with some forms of alcohol. Um, and I have for, over, I've said it on podcasts before, so it's not new. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to the other ones too. So, um, I, I do sometimes, sometimes struggle in those things. And I thought that, uh, maybe, you know, numbing myself to the pain of whatever I was going through was going to help. And ultimately that brought my, that is what brought my self value to its absolute floor. Um, one day I looked myself in the mirror, not from alcohol, but I just looked one day, I just looked myself in the mirror and I said, uh, I just, I really just thought I was nothing. And I really just thought I, uh, had no purpose and anything like that. And, um, I thought that, I thought it was all stemming from my dad passing away almost 10 years ago, but we learned and I learned and my therapist helped me find out that it wasn't that. Yeah. And I was harboring so much guilt and so much anger and, and resentment towards someone I really cared about um, because I thought that's what was fucking me up. But it wasn't. It was a whole different thing yeah. um, that goes way before, way back before now him. You love unlocking and, new trauma. It's just like, oh, shit. I didn't know that's what that was. Like, that's where you are. Like, hmm. I have a love-hate relationship with it because mm-hmm. like – I, w- I finally was comfortable with like the fact that, you know, I was never going to get over certain things that happened in my past and I was just going to try to self-heal them in different ways. Um, and I was content with it. And then I hit this new thing and, and they're like, and all of my problems truly stem from different versions of abandonment. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my one thing that right. it, it comes back to. Um, and it's a liberating feeling. When I found out and when I came to the conclusion, because they can't just tell you, they can't be like, this is your problem. Right, right. You, you have to come to the conclusion yes. yourself. W- once I, when I walked out of there that day and I was like, you know what? I've been struggling with something. Something's been pulling on my back for the last 12, 10, 12 years. I walked out of there and I felt like a brand new fucking person. And I turned, it's weird to say because my life wasn't bad, yeah. but I turned my life around. 
and um, I'm, I'm here today on August 22nd, a completely different human being than I was on August 22nd of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we saw each other walking down the street, not even just physically, but I think emotionally and mentally and personality wise, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even recognize. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know who that person is. And that's fantastic because at the end of the day, we, we, I, and this is how I, I will always harpen back to this. We only get this experience one time. Yeah. We only get to be Dylan Camelay. We only get to be Robert Sherman one time. And you cannot harbor the stuff that is making you feel like shit about yourself forever mm-hmm. because you're ruining your experience in this wild situation that we have going on here in, in humanity. And I've wasted too much time. Yeah. I've wasted half of my life up to this bit, date being depressed and um having other issues and I'm just don't want to waste that time anymore. So number one priority in my list was get that self-worth up because that's really, I mean, you have to get it up. So you have to, that's what she said, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) but you have to. And if we had, if we were like a super popular podcast, that's where we would do the four hymns ad read. (laughs) But but, uh, someday, well, we do have an, we do have an ad, actually. Do we? We do. Maybe I should do it. All right, here we go. Hold on, let me get to it. All right. I'll Everybody go. gets it. Everybody gets it. Everyone gets it because of who hosts our podcast. Um, let's see. This is my first ever ad read. Don't, don't judge me. No judgment here. So. Do your podcast. At work. Really. I do. I listen to my podcast at work and uh, we're not supposed to have AirPods or earbuds, but I say fuck it because um, actually my boss might listen to this. I don't wear AirPods at work. Nope. But I listen to all my podcasts at work. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) before we get into uh, that, we can start, we can talk about less deep things to end it out, but let's end it out a little bit. Um, I kind of want to do this thing where if we're talking about, like deep yeah. things, we finish it out. And like at a least the segment note. out positive. <laughs> so yeah, I mean we'll we'll end the podcast on like a super light note. But the segment that we're in, the you know the, the determining self worth will yeah. will end it out positively. So what I want to say um, to people is that uh, if if we had a scale of one to ten, and your your self worth is at zero. Um, you can you can do things in your life to get that back up to somewhere. I think my self worth right now. I think I'm at like an eight. Mm-hmm. I I'm not necessarily happy with life as it is, and you know, career wise and degree wise and stuff like that. Yeah. But I love being alive. And once you realize you only get once you truly realize you get one trip around this crazy thing that we're doing here, um, you start to look at things differently. And uh, you said that too. You said that right now you kind of feel as comfortable as you ever have in your life. I still have like loads to work on though, you know, but like I can look back on pictures when I was like, you know, 15, 16, 17 and like remember how insecure I felt and how unsatisfied, but like I couldn't even, I didn't even know like why I was unhappy, but I just, I had such an unhealthy relationship with food, with my body, just like all of the crazy diets, all of the, you know, excessive exercising, but and, you know, now I'm I'm the heaviest I've ever been, but it 
I don't know, like once you recognize like this is like a body, it changes, it fluctuates and that like thinner doesn't always equate, you know, healthier. Um, that was something that always bugged me. And I know that my family has good intentions when they say this, but sometime last year I was like losing weight and I was going through some health things and they were complimenting me on it. And you know, like saying like you look great, and it's just like I would rather you not mention anything because it's like I'm I'm not good right now, and I'm dying. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm glad I look great, but I'm right, dying. Like, it doesn't fucking matter if I die. Um, so at least she looked good. She, oh, she looks great in that <laughs> casket. She really compliments it. Right, yeah, like wow, her she has a thigh gap now. Um, <laughs> no one can see your thigh gap in a casket, y'all. But no one can see. God, that's fucking. <laughs> You're right. You're on to something. No one can see your biceps in a casket. Yeah, none of that. Unless they bury me Unless with my shirt like your off. your special request. Like, my thigh gap must be showing. Um, yeah, Marissa, Marissa, when I pass away, I uh, I want my biceps and my chest muscles to show in the casket. And, like, so, brushed with, like, no oil shirt. or something. Like, so they glitch. Oh, I better have a tan. Yeah. My son Tanner better put self-tanner on me <laughs> in the casket. So, so... So, um, so yeah, so, you know, every day is, a um, every day you can work on yourself, right? Yeah, every day is a day that you can figure things out. Absolutely. Um, and, and going back to when we were talking about like, you know, weight and stuff like that was, my weight has always fluctuated and I don't even think anyone like called me fat or anything, but I, ever since I can remember, like I've always not liked my body or, you know, just had issues with it so and I don't know and and my dad would like kind of make comments that weren't great and like would buy me exercise equipment as presents or try to like you know get me excited about some like diet and it's like you are very much not okay with my weight and that makes me not okay with it in turn um and it's just like there are there are better ways to get your kids active but I um, I just somewhere along the lines, I don't think it's the generation before us, but the generation that our parents yeah. are, they just fucking lost it, I, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they're just like weight obsessed, and I don't know. They went nuts. Yeah, they voted for Donald Trump, and I don't want. <laughs> I'm not trying to isolate anybody on the podcast. Yeah, uh, my dad got, but we they, got into they it. Fucking dad got elected. Like, what are you doing? Man. They'd be the ones cooking s'mores on um, in in the Amazon right now. Right. Yeah. They'd bring the chocolate and the crack and the graham crackers and the marshmallows and over a um, a burning capuchin monkey body. Oh, they no. have the they're cooking their what fucking a good light note that we're s'mores, on right now. dude. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, do you have any other thing you would like to say in the terms of uh? determining one's self-value or feeling more confident in in themselves as a human being because i i i need i need someone to tell me what to do (laughs) see i feel like you've been telling me what to do this whole time but um like in a good way do you think i practice what i preach bro no no one practices (laughs) what they preach um i think it's just uh trying to like you know you know, where you're like told like, you know, do what you love and it won't feel like work and all of that. And like, I know that anytime we'd have any kind of like animators come talk to us that worked at Disney and Pixar, like that was always their spiel of like, I do what I love and 
you know, like they just, they really try to sell you on that. And it's just like, so very few people actually get to do that. It's, it's just, I don't know, in ways it almost feels like a scam, but um, I think it's just more importantly, it's just try to find things that make your life feel valuable or that give, I guess that like, that drive you. And um, yeah, my job isn't ideal right now, but you know, you (laughs) fill it with your, the rest of your time with things that are, and that kind of, you know, helps lift you up. But I'm very much against the like 40 plus hour work week. I wish that we worked like 25 hour work weeks. It's like, dude, the thing is like, you know, you got to work. So you're like a functioning member of society, but it's just like, what society am I helping working and being trapped in an office for all of these hours? It's like, I'm not even like contributing to my society. I can't for like, you know, my neighborhood, I can't volunteer. I can't, you know, I can't do any of those things that would actually make a difference. Yeah. We're wage slaves. Yeah. It's truly what we are. And it kind of sucks because we look at some people, a lot of the people that we look up to. And I I guess from my point of view, I look up to a lot of people that do stuff like, like this, like podcasts Mm -hmm. or live off of, I I am a former photographer. We didn't even talk about that, but, uh, but I am a former photographer and I look up to people that were able to make photography their career. And it sucks. Um, being told that you know you like and it all comes back to that one thing that you're told in kindergarten you can be whatever you Mm want to be um at the age of four years old we're fucking lied to because 99 percent of us i don't even want to say that i don't know the stat but a majority (laughs) of us a lot of us (laughs) yeah i'm not a mathematician but we're all fucking lied to um i don't love what i do i sit at a desk and i i'm essentially I, you know, I, I just sit at a desk. We don't have to get into what I do, but I just sit at a desk. It's fucking horrible. I hate it. Um, I have a creative brain. I was a photographer. I failed at that. And uh, that it is what it is. It just wasn't, I, it's not what I was meant to do. But what, what I know for a fact, what we as human beings are not meant to do is sit behind a fucking desk 40 plus hours a week and rot our lives yeah. away doing that. And when you start realizing that, it makes it almost impossible to go do right. it. So in that terms, we're still, you and I still trying to figure out how to get the fuck out of that because it's it's a trap. It's a maze. And how do you get out? I don't know. It's super lucky. Like I really, I need to be like revamping my portfolio and like applying to studios and stuff. But it's like, I'm so burnt out after coming home from work and stuff that it's really hard to like, it doesn't feel like, um, a release to like do art or to stare at a screen for a few more hours. You know, it's like, I just want to like veg out or like cook or, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's sleep. Yeah. Sleep is, I want to sleep the love yeah. of my life. Because um, it sounds crazy because sitting in a desk chair all day sounds like it wouldn't be something that exhausts you, but yeah. I think just doing something you don't want to fucking do that is exhausting in itself. I would rather go out and even as a failure photographer, go out and photograph for eight hours and hopefully get paid for it mm-hmm. than sit in a computer chair, do what I do for eight hours and for sure get paid for it. Well, I would much like rather take that risk. You know, it's not like maybe it challenges you in ways, but like, like I know I've definitely learned a lot through my restaurant job and now my customer service job that like I'll, that will probably carry into everything else that I do, but Absolutely. it's just like, it's not something I'm excited to do every day. Like it's just, I don't know. Um, 
But I I was really shocked to like realize after working in a restaurant for like five, six years, you know, some, never getting a break, working like, you know, nonstop for like 10 plus hours, never sitting down, anything like that. Um, I was really shocked to then get a desk job and like realize that I am just as tired or like, like maybe not physically, but like emotionally I'm like drained. Like it's, I don't know. Customer service is like low key therapy sometimes. Like the, it the is. shit that I <laughs> talk and it's about exhausting. with these customers. Ooh. And not even to mention the going from like a physical job mm-hmm. to like, like, like what you were doing to a desk job yeah. and chances are you're getting paid more and you, it, you're tricked into believing that that's like some kind of positive right, milestone it, yeah. and it's not, it's not. And we're tricked into believing it. And once you realize that it's not mm, hard to get out of it because yeah. it's comfortable, but right. you, that's something I struggle with too, is like, I try to really take the time to be like present and like happy and like, you know, recognize like I'm not doing as bad as I like to tell myself. Like I I'm really, I'm really good at talking badly about myself or being self-deprecating and mainly to play it as humor, but I really need to speak kinder to myself. And I think that's a big, you know, self like to, it's really hard to switch that thinking, but um, yeah, self-talk is a big thing. And, uh, oh gosh, where was I going with that? Just that. Oh man. Did I lose it? Restaurants. Hmm. <laughs> Restaurants. Hmm. Sandwiches. Oh my God, Bobby, where was I going with that? Something about uh, transitioning into, and then cu- like it being exhausting, but customer service also is exhausting, but it's also can be some therapy. The people you talk to, <laughs> nice hmm, the customers <laughs> I talk to. <laughs> oh gosh, it's almost like I need to listen to that part to get it back. But uh, meow meow meow. I don't know. It's gone. Good. Well, early onset dementia. And <laughs> there it is. And it's caused by the fucking desk job. Yes. Oh gosh. I was really on to something. You were. I was. But if you remember it in a later episode, we can This is such a definitely... bummer. That's all right. We can wrap up our, our sad part of it uh there. Um talk to yourselves better. Be I guess just be for me at least it was be a better human being. Mm-hmm. That's what made me start believing in myself and 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 raising my self worth. Um, we'll wrap that up. So in order to close this out, let's end on something positive. Was there anything that you've seen from this week? And it's hard right now in this current climate we're in in the United States. Is there anything you've seen or have you had any like thoughts of anything positive? In the, in the news or in your life or in anything yeah, like actually, that? Yeah, um, actually. So today, my my office didn't recycle for a really long time. And I always try to, any plastic that I use, I take it home with me and like, you know, and, and I bring my own utensils to work and stuff. And um, I try to be all good about that. But any plastic I do use, I'm very conscious to recycle. But in the office itself, you know, like there's like probably like eight of us working there at a time and there's a Keurig. So like we're using those little cups. And mm-hmm. anyway, today um, we now have a, an actual like recycling bin and there's like um, a sheet on the wall, just like, you know, talking about like the Amazon is on fire and you know, there's so much plastic in the world. Like, don't be lazy. Let's, let's start with our office. Like let's actually, you know, make a difference. So 
I know the, I know really, ugh, it's really hard to make change unless the corporations, you know, get their shit together. But it was yeah. just like really um, nice to see, you know, the president of my company take that step and just like hold us all accountable. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. We also got an email at work about cutting our plastic yeah. and even our carbon, like as a company, cutting our carbon emissions down 30%. I don't know where they're at mm-hmm. right now, but 30% sounds like a lot. So hopefully that helps my, well, what they're saying, us, right? Yeah. Hopefully that helps us 2025 or something like that. Hopefully that helps us. Um, one thing that I saw this week that made me smile was a dog. A dog <laughs> learned how to. Th- a dog learned how to throw a oh tennis ball. Oh my goodness! Ball. That sorry, I have to interrupt. <laughs> there, yesterday, my friend Lisa and I got dinner, and we were just walking in our neighborhood, like you know, just back to our apartments. And there was just this man cradling a cat. And I looked at like as we're passing, I'm like, "Is that a cat?" And he just like gave this like smirk of like, "Yeah, I'm holding a cat." And the cat is just like smushed and miserable. And I'm just like. I'm not surprised. I saw a man walking a cat. No, he was just like holding it like a baby against its will just down the street. And I'm like, where did you acquire this cat? Is this like a ritual that you do? Are you trying to lift a curse or something? I don't know. And then 10 minutes later, you see it on Facebook as a lost cat. If anybody, <laughs> yeah, like, fi- if anybody's seen this cat, please let us know. And you're like, hmm, shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, next week, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Into the Spider-Verse. It's going to be our first theme podcast uh, together as this new incarnation of Similarly Different. Um, you've seen Into the Spider-Verse 900,000 times. Oh, yeah, I've never seen it. It will be my first time. Right now. Like... We will be discussing that. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into some other things that connect to it. But in the meantime, if you made it this far, thank you. Yes, thank you. It feels good to be recording a podcast again. Hopefully we can continue doing this for a long time and it works out for us um, because I, I enjoy it and it's yeah. and it's fun. We have a lot of hard-hitting topics that we're going to be going through. Um, hopefully we can kind of find less hard-hitting topics too, but the hard-hitting ones are so easy to come up with. Yeah. Um, if you did make it this far, do me a favor. If you could just go scroll, scroll down a little bit and hit the five stars or a four star, maybe if you think I'm mediocre, um, I would probably give myself a three star. Uh, so if even if you oh, want to do that, that's fine. Go ahead, do that too. You don't have to review it. We don't need that yet. Uh, but just that little five star click thing w- would be fantastic. Um, and do you have anything else to say until we leave for a week and we go hibernate for a week? Oh, man. Eat your vegetables. Eat your vegetables. Eat your vegetables. I'm going to bring my girlfriend an Impossible Burger and help her save the light world. Save the life world. You get it. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs>